Welcome to where the big boys play. Welcome to 20 years of Nitro. Worldwide edition. Our post-Nitro bonus show where we dive into the dirt sheets and check out the other channel as we round up the week in wrestling that was December 16th through December 22nd, 1996. I am your host as always, uh, Tim Root. As as always, I'm your host as always, and I'm also always Tim Root. And with me... <laughs> As always, is my broadcast colleague, Dave Amantorp. How are you doing this week, Dave? I feel like I'm doing better than you are. Are you stroking out over there, or what's going on? <laughs> We're recording. I mean, it's not early. It's it's almost 11 a.m., but this is earlier, certainly, than we normally record. Yeah, for sure. So maybe I, I, I had coffee and breakfast uh, right before we recorded, so maybe the caffeine just hasn't hit my brain yet. I don't know. I'm also looking forward to recording this before my eminent demise trying to drive back home. It is snowing a little bit. We're in my office, which is, uh, we don't normally record in here, so the way that it's set up, I'm looking right out the window, and yeah, it's a, it's a wintry mix out there. You might just need to live in my house for the next week. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> this is, of course, another one of our bonus episodes, which follow our regular Nitro reviews, and this episode is a companion to episode 66 of Nitro, in which we reviewed the December 16th episode. Now, before we move on to everything else that happened in wrestling that winter week 23 years ago... I do want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at 20 Years of Nitro. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 20 Years of Nitro. And, of course, you can email the show at 20 Years of Nitro at gmail.com. Now, the first thing we're going to do this week is change the channel over to USA Network because it's time for our Raw Recap. It's a raw recap today. That sounds like our Price is Right recap. That's kind of, I didn't I didn't mean to do that, but that's what kind of uh, developed into. Now over on Raw, uh, Steve Austin versus Vader ended in a no contest. Uh, I don't know if they just fought to the back or what. I wasn't paying that much attention. Fake Diesel and Fake Razor, Fake Diesel and Fake Razor defeated the Godwins. Furnace and Lafon defeated Doctor X and T.L. Hopper. I was thinking a lot because I was watching this uh, Raw as I went to sleep last night. Uh-huh. And I was trying to, th- like, Teal Hopper is not a pun. Like, it's a plumber gimmick. How on earth did a guy in WWF in the 90s have a plumber gimmick without it being like a, a poop pun of some kind? I I feel like at the time they suggested Teal was toilet lid. Okay. But I, I I don't even get what toilet lid Hopper would be. Yeah, that's it's just really weird that he didn't have a worse name. <laughs> right. That was the the one blessing he got during his career <laughs> in WWF. Uh and then Bart Gunn defeated Billy Gunn. They did an angle or Bart Gunn defeated Billy Gunn. Uh they did an angle where because their brothers, like their wives and their kids were all there, their family. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Gunn like 
broke his neck and it was very serious and the yeah. families ran in and um, it was a uh, very Yeah, Bart Gunn gives a stun gun to yep. Billy Gunn and then he just drops to the mat. I remember that very well because the execution of it is really well done. Yeah, there is something to it that looks very awkward as if they're botching it when they're not. They're doing what they're planning to do. Yeah. Uh, so it does. It, lo- it, it came across pretty well. Uh, this is only, you know, a month, maybe two. It, it's not that many weeks after they did the Owen Hart, Shawn Michaels, and Zaguri concussion angle. That was just the that was the mood they were in. That, yeah. that holiday season, <laughs> all they wanted to give the fans was, like, fear of their favorite wrestlers being permanently injured. Now, they also probably the most notable thing about this Raw is they had the finale of the Karate Fighters tournament. Oh, finally. Yeah. Uh, so the finale is Deborah, or not Deborah, excuse me, um, <laughs> whoa, Sable, whoa, whoa. Sable. Okay. Sable and Lawler in the oh. ring playing Karate Fighters. Oh, I don't want to hear this. Well, it gets, believe me, you don't. Uh, then uh, at some point Triple H runs out and they're both beating up Mark Marrow because he was there seconding his wife. Okay. And then Goldust makes the save. Uh-huh. And uh, this is this ends up with Lawler and Goldust in the ring together. And Lawler says, like, why do you get so mad about Triple H hitting on Marlena? Don't you want her to be with a real man? You and I got no beef. And I don't know what your problem is with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I don't know why you're so upset with him. Just because apparently, apparently he made a pass at Marlena. Hey, what's the matter? Hunter Hearst Helmsley is a handsome guy. Hunter Hearst Hemsley has got a lot of money. Hey, he's the Intercontinental Champion. Why, if anything, you should be happy for Marlena that he would even make a passer. After all, he's a real man, if you know what I mean. Uh, uh-oh. Wait. No, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Whoa, whoa. I didn't mean that you're not a man. It's just that, you know, you're a... Well, you're a... You're a what? Aren't you? A what? Well, you know, you're... You're a... Well, aren't you? What, what am I? He asked him a question. Well... I know, we, we might want to uh, be right back. Where? What? Aren't you? Well, we've come this far. We might as well stay with us. No. Oh! Unbelievable! Just when you think you have the answers, Goldust apparently is going to change the questions. He's like, of course, I'm not trying to say you're not a real man. It's just you're a, you're a, you're a, and Goldust is like, what? What am I? And he's like, well, you're a queer, aren't you? And Goldust yells, no. (laughs) And that's him turning baby face. Uh, And it works. That's the shitty thing is the crowd is like, yay, he's not gay. Yay. Did he yell no like he was Darth Vader in Revenge (laughs) of the Sith? He's, well, he's less sad about it, but it is as dramatic. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I feel like you're trying to tell me it hasn't aged very well. It, yeah. I mean, I don't think that came across very well in 1996 either, but, uh, yeah. it certainly looks worse now. That's for sure. 
Uh, in the ratings, Raw got a 2.3, while Nitro came in with a 3.2. Okay. Uh, that's a really bad week for Raw because uh, Raw was loaded. It was like a big show with Austin and Vader kicking things off. Um, it was live, and it was the night after a WWF pay-per-view. But head-to-head, uh, it was just 2.6 to 2.3. So uh, that in favor of Nitro. So the head-to-head mm-hmm. hour, Nitro won 2.6 to 2.3. Nitro did a 3.8 second hour. Raw actually opened in the lead with Austin versus Vader, but every single segment thereafter, uh, Nitro gained on them. And actually, for the entire two-hour show, Nitro gained viewers every single quarter hour. And I, please remind me the so is Raw on for an hour beforehand? No, Raw it... the first hour of Nitro, and and the entire hour of Raw are on at the same time. Okay, so when so they're. So they have one head-to-head hour. They yeah, for we're just being in central time zone terms. But at seven o'clock, both shows start. Then at eight, Raw ends and Nitro keeps going. Oh, all right. I I've already forgotten that Raw is only one hour. Yep. Okay. I was just curious because um, when we get to the next Nitro, it feels like a very front-loaded episode. Sure. And I yeah. was wondering if that is uh, some sort of strategy that they're working with. Um, well, we can talk about it yeah. when we do that episode, but I was kind of like, huh, I wonder if it's like, if they're trying to get one up or they're trying to like from the very start, be like, oh, you have to be plugged in the yeah. whole time. Yeah. Generally speaking, both shows look to open hot. Um, they both tried starting a few minutes before seven o'clock. Yeah. Uh, raw has, uh, in the past couple of weeks started, uh, not airing their theme song. They just go right into the action, hoping that that's going to hook you before okay. you have a chance to. Because if you look there and Steve Austin's on your screen, you look at Nitro and a theme song is playing, maybe you stick with Raw. Yeah, okay. Uh, speaking of other ratings news, on Nitro in our last episode, we talked about Tony Schiavone uh, opening the show saying that TNT was the most watched cable network in 1996. Uh, that is an accurate statement for prime time, which is... Like, we always talk about demographics almost being more important than ratings. Yeah. Prime time is, is more important uh, than the entire day in terms of the cable industry. Right. Those other hours are so, there's so little viewers. It's, right. It doesn't matter who watches. Yeah. If, if you take the entire day into consideration, uh, the number one network was actually Nickelodeon in 1996. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like that makes sense. Makes perfect sense. Uh, so USA came in number two, TBS number three, and Nick at Night at number four. TNT also ended up the number one primetime cable network uh, for adults 18 to 49 and adults 25 to 54. So the demos are in TNT's favor as well. Okay. In a press release on December 16th, TNT president Brad Siegel credited the ratings increase to its younger audience for uh, acquired movies, original films, and the Monday Nitro wrestling show. Bish House waiting like mention us mention <laughs> us yes uh, Nitro averaged a 3.2 rating in 1996 which was up from the 1.75 average that TNT programming had in the same slot in Dang. 1995 so they've really brought that time slot up for the entire network and like one and a half like I imagine any uh, cable company will pay big money to increase that and I feel like at this point they weren't even paying that much for Nitro to be using that time slot either. Right. I feel like they're getting like really big returns on a on a low investment. Well, and they're owned by the same corporation, so I don't know if technically they're paying Nitro anything because it's all Turner. Turner owns the network. Turner owns WCW. 
Oh, sure. I mean, they might uh, because there might be financial or legal reasons why. They, I don't know. I don't know I, that and for a fact. I mean, there's some sort of investment of having Nitro on there rather than like some paid programming. Right. Yes. Uh, Raw is still doing better than the USA Network's average. So theoretically, uh, it's in no danger of like being canceled, even though it's not doing particularly well. It's still right. it's still among the top rated shows on USA and still propping up USA as a network overall. I honestly wonder in the I mean, we're getting closer to like 30 years yeah. of Raw. I wonder how close it's been to getting canceled at any point. Yeah, I think 95 was the closest. I um because you, you would think it would it was early on that it's possibly going to get canceled. Sure. Because after that, not only was it getting consistently getting rate, ratings higher than what um, USA would get anyway, but then it became more of a commodity once it like moved over to TNT and it mm-hmm. became something that people really have to put money into and they invest in. So it's hard to cancel something you invest so much money in. But I, I I've I've always kind of wondered about that. I mean. I feel like the entire landscape of professional wrestling would have been very different if Raw only lasted like three years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All right. Uh, before we move on too much, will you do something quick? What's that? Light the torch. <laughs> Talk about this fucking prick Wade Keller for a second. All right, let's go through. <laughs> I don't know how that. I thought that was. I thought that was okay. No, it was good. It was good. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go through the pro wrestling torch Wade Keller's uh, famous dirt sheet here. Oh, I was just gonna mention as a side note that's not even important. Yeah, is that the upcoming Olympics Okada is gonna run the Olympic torch for Japan? Oh, that's cool. Uh, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> you really did not. <laughs> no, you probably no, didn't. No, no, it, it happened a while ago. But I was, I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, <laughs> anytime wrestlers get recognized for their, like, achievements, like, outside yeah. of professional wrestling is always a plus. Throughout the Raw show, fans chanted NWO, which seemed to visibly annoy uh, Vince McMahon while he was on commentary. Oh. The crowd also began to leave about halfway into the four-hour taping. So by the time that the uh, superstar, like the main event of superstars, came around, the arena was less than a third full. Oh, they they would because they do a live raw, and then I think they do two taped ones, and then I think they do superstars. Well, that's our own fault for putting like the really not important show on last. <laughs> yes, of course. You really you should do that an out like the hour before you go on live. Yeah. I mean, in that way, you figured that they could figure out any sort of kinks that they can take care of before yeah. they go on to the live, but. You know, I'm not a producer, so. WWF put out a press release saying, starting January 4th, 1997, the WWF will be totally live from the hottest night spots in New York City every Saturday night. Oh, that's right. Shotgun will hit your screens late night each week. (laughs) And because of the special time slot, there may be a few more surprises than our fans are used to seeing in our regular programming. This will not be like any other wrestling program you have seen to date. It will truly be live event television at its most intimate and spontaneous level like you've never seen before. Boy, I was like, I wonder if they could get someone from ECW <laughs> like 911. But no, WCW got 911. 
Every Saturday night, the Federation will be broadcasting from a totally different one of New York's trendiest nights. I'm kind of going over what they said already. We must stress, it will be totally live, <laughs> meaning you will never know what celebrities or superstars will be in the ring or out in the audience. I like that. You I like will that. never know. Never. <laughs> and even when they show up, you won't know who they are. We won't put them on camera. <laughs> I like the emphasis of these trendy places in New York City where it's like, I feel like a lot of people don't live in New York City, so they wouldn't appreciate that these are the trendiest places you're going yeah, to. Yeah, it's definitely people who are from the East Coast and think that that means that everyone is enamored with New York as they are. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and also, I feel like the trendiest places in New York probably won't have professional wrestling in the middle of their like <laughs> venue. Uh, where was the other good line here? What Saturday night's main event meant to the 1980s, Shotgun Saturday Night will truly be to the 1990s and beyond. <laughs> will it? <laughs> how how close do you think they get to getting to the year 2000? <laughs> I feel like they don't get out in 1997. I believe that's right, but I'm not sure. Um, so I, yeah, let me see. I just we'll record this for. Finding out later. Yeah. I bet they don't get past April. Uh, I think that they keep... I think the show stays around a lot longer than the like nightclub gimmick does. I think they just start taping oh, it like another it just beca- C show. It looks like uh, Heat or yeah. Live Wire so or something like that. I think it might last like a couple years. Let's look. On Wikipedia, uh, it... Aired from January 4th through August as a syndicated broadcast. Uh, oh, August 99. Oh, okay. So, but when did it stop going live? Uh, shortly after the show's debut, the nightclub theme was dropped. It just doesn't specify when. Shortly. It just says shortly. I bet that's before April. <laughs> I bet you're probably right. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of right on that. On his 1-900 line, uh, Jim Ross said, quote, I don't consider Hulk Hogan to be nearly the caliber, not even near the level remotely close to Bret Hart, as far as pure athletics are concerned. I feel like that's an accurate statement. I feel like that's, yeah, that's, as far as taking digs the other company, I like, even in a if uh, behind closed doors objective, Hulk Hogan would be like, yeah. but he would also be like that's not the most important thing in this business is to be purely the most athletic right and they they could also say i think that Shawn michaels is probably a better wrestler than roddy piper is yeah sure yeah (laughs) doesn't mean you're gonna necessarily win the ratings on that the advance for the january 20th chicago united center nitro has already surpassed the one hundred thousand dollar mark and is on pace to actually sell out the 19,000 seat arena. Ooh. Double the advance the WWF has done for the Rosemount Horizon show later this month. The gates uh, for Nitro aren't totally making up the production costs of doing a live show every week, but they are helping. So, you know, we used to start the show with how many showed up and how many were were in there for free. Yeah. We haven't done that forever because they're not papering their show. I mean, I'm sure there's some through local radio shows and stuff. Right. But they're, by and large, selling all these tickets uh, and making a ton of money at the gate. So it's not quite covering the live event costs, but, like, they've got it. You know, Turner understands that. and they're mm-hmm. um, So they're having very successful business right now doing the – and I think not doing a ton of house shows helps that too. Um, I was going to say, so they're so you're saying they're, like, more than double – the efforts that um, WWF is doing at the Rosemont Horizon. 
Yeah, so yeah, they're in the, in the similar market because both those are in the Chicago area. Yeah, um, they're both have a show coming on. Um, WWF has one in December, and WCW has one in January. And WCW has already sold double the amount of tickets the WWF has. I was despite saying, having the later show. I was saying that's probably bad news because I'm pretty sure the Rosemont Horizon is where WWF holds a WrestleMania in March. Oh. <laughs> Remember back in the, back in the slim days when they would just go to regular stadium, regular arenas. Yeah, like I, th- I think like thirteen thousand go to that WrestleMania. That's the one where Rock gets the chance, right? The die, Rocky die chance. Um, when he's facing the Sultan. Yeah, I know he faces. I don't remember the die, Rocky die, uh, okay. but he very well could. Yeah, but that's the one where um, where Ron Simmons is almost murdered by Ahmed Johnson in that street fight. Oh yeah, where he punctures his lung. Oh god. He manages to puncture his lung, slamming him through a table. Like, how bad do you have to be at your job? <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's it's progress for Ahmed Johnson because he's not injuring himself. Yeah, sure. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> I mean, Ahmed Johnson thinks it's progress. Uh, rumors persist of Tony Holm coming into WCW. Uh, it never happens, but if you're wondering who Tony Holm is... He's Ludwig Borga. Ooh, boy. That's, yeah. a, that's a good swing and a miss. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who aren't going where they've been reported to go, there's been some reports lately that Harlem Heat may be eyeing the WWF. Uh, Wade Keller is here to say that's not true. Hmm. See, now the thing is, between those two promotions, which one do you think at that point is generally less racist? <laughs> God. Or is it is it a toss-up? I don't know because, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Southern guys. They're probably both very racist. Well, at least, uh, WCW at least makes them tag team champions. That's true, but WWF has more mid-upper-card guys who are black. Sure. Like, I think they're both probably equally full of racists, yeah. but, but it seems like you have a moderately better push. Well, I don't know because they do get, as a tag team... They are pushed just fine in WCW. I don't think that there's any concern. Is it tag team yeah. about their push? I, I was about to say, like, all the black wrestlers in WWF are about to be put into the Nation of Domination. <laughs> yes, that's true. Unless, are they are they at this point? They are. Yeah, they okay. have the Nation already. Yep. Yeah. So they have mid, they have mid-carters, but they, they recognize them for who they are. <laughs> sure. Although, who is to say where Ahmed could have gone had he not gotten injured? Because they loved that guy. He he really they could. definitely. I think he would have been champion if the whole liver thing or kidney. Or I mean, because like happened. Vince McMahon's whole thing about a top wrestler is he has to have as many knee pads as possible. <laughs> and Ahmed Johnson <laughs> delivered every week. Wade Keller says Randy Savage should be back on WCW television soon, and he believes that WCW is continuing to employ Liz. Uh, as a way of keeping Macho Man happy, and that they will be hiring his uh, Randy's brother Lanny as part of the deal. Okay, um, uh, that's I, I mentioned that because that's that very famous contract where they pay him like six figures to never do anything. Yeah. Uh, however, Bischoff has clarified, and for all the things Bischoff says, I think this is one that makes sense, and I believe actually Lanny has confirmed this that the money that was paid to Lanny Poffo came out of what they would have paid to Randy. Like Randy was like, "You're mm. gonna pay me." 750 I think probably was around the deal because that was what they called sting money for years in WCW was $750,000. Okay. I think they're so they were probably going to pay him that and he said you give take 200,000 of that off and give it to Lanny and they were everyone was more than happy with that because Randy you're fine. Okay. Because Lanny and everyone was happy with that because Lanny uh because Randy rather brought the Slim Jim money with him. 
So oh, like yeah. everyone was still making so much profit that there was plenty leftover money to give Lanny Poffo. Yeah. So everyone tells that story like they paid him all this money. He never did anything. Technically true, but that money was money they were going to just give Randy anyway. Sure. So WCW didn't spend any extra money. It was just a guy helping his brother and like giving his brother. I, like I know this is semantics, but like instead of your brother giving you a check every month, a company gave you a check and called you an employee. Yeah. Even if you're not doing anything, it feels better than taking the money from your brother. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's just doing a nice thing there. Um, what was it? Oh, I was just going to say, because um, um, you're talking about Savage potentially coming back soon, um, as, you'll, as we'll talk about when we get to the next episode of Nitro, uh, Randy Savage's name is still on Hogan's lips, even though yeah. he is... T- uh, facing piper and it to me it felt like it was a very intentional thing of uh of future feuds for hogan after the piper thing yeah last week we mentioned that he brings up savage and we said maybe hogan's just going to business for himself but now that we see that he does it on the next episode yeah it definitely confirms what wade's saying they're bringing the macho man back for sure uh last thing from the torch the national Enquirer keeps reporting that or i shouldn't say keeps reporting but the National Enquirer is reporting that Lonnie Anderson, uh, Louie Anderson's sister, Minnesotan, I guess I should say, uh, ex-wife of um, the mustache guy, Burt Reynolds. No. <laughs> well, he is a mustache guy. That's, that's she true. was she was like a big staple of tabloids in the 90s. For whatever reason, Lonnie Anderson, like I remember just because I went to the grocery store with my mom all the time. And I remember seeing the National Enquirer and for whatever reason, they were fixated on this woman. Mm-hmm. Not that famous. Don't like it's almost like um, the reality TV show people of the 90s where people that were like moderate celebrities, like maybe they'd been on a TV show or married to a celebrity. The reason they were huge in the tabloids, though, is I think mostly they were just willing to talk to the tabloids and they were willing to f- sell the tabloids little stories about yeah. themselves because mm-hmm. they liked seeing themselves in the tabloids. Yeah. Anyway, 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 they uh, have been reporting Lonnie Anderson will re- appear at, quote, an upcoming Hulk Hogan pay-per-view. So that has to be WCW, but when asked uh, by Keller, and I think Meltzer says this in his newsletter as well, they asked WCW about it, and they're like, no one here has any idea what that's about. Like, oh. she's not coming in. That's a, They're just making shit up. <laughs> With the torch done, that brings us to a little segment that we like to call Observe This. Observe This, brother! Tokyo Sports announced their 1996 awards. Kenta Kobashi got MVP. Match of the year was Takata versus Tenru. Kyoku Inoue was Woman of the Year. And Shono Tenzan Saito were the Tag Team of the Year. They've got like one of those Freebird style okay. tag teams. I was I was like, what is this mixed name person? I've never. Oh heard of this no, guy. Masahiro Chono, Hiroshi yeah. Tenzan, and. Masa Saito. Okay. I'm impressed I knew all those because I'm not a 90s Jap- Japanese wrestling expert at all. They've all appeared in WCW. That's, I think, why I could yeah. pull those names. Uh, War, Wrestling and Romance, recently did a big show at Sumo Hall where Rey Mysterio Jr. failed to capture the J-Crown title from the Ultimo Dragon. That was Rey's first loss in Japan. Uh, Dave heard that it was not as good as their match at World War Three, so we Americans got the the better of the contest. Weird. I, don't, I wonder how often <laughs> that happened. Shawn Michaels was on a Rochester, New York radio station on December sixth and oh. was in character the entire time. 
Uh, but he called Hulk Hogan a worthless human being and a total piece of shit, which got bleeped, of course, as there's a second second delay on radio. Oh, it's Syracuse is where he got into trouble. <laughs> you said Rochester, New York. Oh, I like, yeah. I was like, uh-oh. No, that already happened. That yeah, was months yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, the, the Owen Hart thing was to, to cover for the fact that he is a shit heel. Yeah. He got himself beat up by some dudes. So, those. <laughs> ECW is going to decide the date of its first pay-per-view in the first week of 1997 once some other factors have been determined. Uh, right now, Paul Heyman is having issues with Viewer's Choice, the main pay-per-view company in Canada uh, and parts of the U.S., being uncomfortable with aspects of ECW's product. We'll have a lot more on that next week. Basically, when we talk about their, they've got some factors to determine uh, before they set a date, it's whether any company is willing to... Show carry it. their show. Yeah. Uh, right now, the dirt sheets don't quite know the level of, of discomfort. Um, and in fact, some of it is is caused, uh, as we'll talk about. Well, we'll get there next week. Let, Wade, Wade Keller gets himself in the middle of things kind of accidentally, and it, it becomes kind of funny. But okay. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. Sure. CMLL star Hector Garza has jumped to AAA. On December 21st, UWFI, uh, the Japanese shoot wrestling kind of mix promotion, mm -hmm. the one where that they invaded New Japan and that gave Bischoff the idea for the NWO, uh, UWFI has announced that they are going out of business following their two end-of-the-year shows. <laughs> Guess they really won that feud. <laughs> oh, boy. This is a company that just three years ago packed 46,000 people into the Jingu baseball stadium to see their top star, Nobuhika Takata take on Vader. Their interpromotional feud with New Japan in 95 was the hottest angle wrestling angle of the year, with three consecutive sellouts of the Tokyo Dome in a nine-month period, including what at the time was the largest gate ever for a pro wrestling show at $6 million when Takata faced Keiji Muto in October of 1995. Dang. So that's pretty crazy to in that matter of time. I mean, and... Uh, I think on 20 Years of Nitro, we may end up talking about another company that goes from massive success to out of business in a shockingly short period of time. You mean Smoky Mountain Wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually out of business. At no, no. It, it goes they're out of business. No, no, they're done. Are they? Yeah, we reported that. That was in the Observer, gosh, a long time ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's funnier to think that Smoky Mountain had massive success at some sort of point. <laughs> Running Tracy Smothers as champion. Dave says to expect Tatanka in the NWO, so proof that Dave Meltzer is indeed wrong sometimes. I'm well, sure. I mean, I'm, he's he's kind of on the wave of like, if WWE could buy someone from WWF, they're going to do it. Yeah, right. You know? uh, Boy, he, that's. I mean, I could give and take or take Tatanka. I don't yeah, really care. I liked him. him a lot as a kid, but I see a lot of his stuff now and it's very boring. He's just not a very interesting in-ring competitor. And I can't I you have to correct me. Is he actually Native American? Yes, yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh Bam Bam Bigelow has also been rumored as to coming into WCW, but uh that's kind of interesting. Like uh Dave's not 100% sure on how likely that is given that the last time he left WWF was because he wasn't getting along with Hall and Nash. Oh. Or now fixtures <laughs> of WCW. So um, the other day I saw it on Twitter there is a there's a video of Bam Bam Bigelow getting his tattoo on his head. I saw that. Oh, you yeah, I think I retweeted it. That might be how you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. That was really. It's cool. just like uh, it's probably 
like the one of the most iconic tattoos yeah. in wrestling. And he's very young when he's getting it. Yeah, and he lo- he is kind of baby faced. And he's brand new to wrestling, and he's talking very openly about like why it's fun to be a heel and fun to get people to hate him. Yeah, uh, it's very cool. I I because he he kind of passed before the era of the shoot interview. So that's mm-hmm. like as close as you come to really seeing him talk out of care. I think he actually did do a couple of shoots. Now that I say that, anyway, I, not mid, a, I think mid nineties was still was pretty big on. Yeah, like I the, think I think R, he did our some. video shoot. Yeah. I, it's still like we're in nineteen ninety six. Like his his big like renaissance is still coming in yep. ECW. Former Smoky, speaking of Smoky Mountain, former Smoky Mountain wrestler and WWF prelim guy Bruiser Bedlam, who also went by Johnny Canine, <laughs> the one and Johnny only Johnny Dog, <laughs> was part of a major bust by Toronto police on December 19th as the leader of a gang accused of $12 million worth of drugs and weapon running. <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah. the Fucking... 80s and 90s wrestlers are just some of the most <laughs> devious people. God. Uh, Dave has been unable to confirm reports that he's getting that Jerry Jarrett has sold his 50% stake in the USWA, the Memphis Territory, uh, to Jerry Lawler. This does end up being true. Uh, Lawler and a guy named Larry Burton bought out Jarrett's percentage. They will almost immediately sell it to a businessman named Mark Selker. Uh, but... I, I, this gets all very complicated, and I'm not a legal jargon guy, but basically they so badly misrepresent the value of the business before they sell it to this other guy yeah. that he ends up suing them, and it just be, like it drags on for years. It becomes a federal RICO case, oh. uh, like racketeering and stuff. Dang. Lawler kind of escapes unscathed, and Jerry Jarrett was smart to sell and get out, but uh, I believe that other guy, Larry Burton, gets like kind of nailed in some of these oh, lawsuits he takes pretty the, bad he takes the heat for basically it. yeah it's just like lawler manages to slip through all like a statutory rape case you can't can't <laughs> pin lawler down <laughs> mike awesome and former wcw referee randy eller had wwf tryouts okay neither of them catch on there just now uh awesome yeah. will eventually have a run i don't think randy eller ever shows up in wwf and Diamond Dallas Page had a Christmas party where they shot some angles with Eric Bischoff and the NWO crashing the party. Uh, so that was all angles. But in a shoot, former WCW wrestler Van Hammer was there, uh, stupidly talked shit about Mexican wrestlers, and then started talking some shit about British wrestlers. So Steve Regal knocked him out. <laughs> I was I was about to say, because it's like, you're talking about this party. <laughs> if you met, you mention an obscure wrestler, it's like, oh, yeah. he probably did f- something fucking stupid. <laughs> he and then, sure did. And then we have Steven Regal in the state that he's in where he's yeah. like, yeah, I think getting to a fight with someone at this party was probably a good idea. Well, and also not just, yeah, that, that Regal. I mean, there's also there's like the pride and stuff like that, but like. Well, and Regal grew up, he, he, grew, he got into the business because he was shoot fighting at like carnivals. Yeah. Their whole thing was like, see if you can beat this guy up. And then you couldn't because he's Steve Regal and he was tough as hell. Yeah. So this is not the guy you want to fuck with. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> All right. In our Saturday night results, Jeff Jarrett defeated Rex King. DDP defeated Bunkhouse Buck, who apparently is still around. Hmm. David Taylor defeated The Gambler. WCW Cruiserweight Champion Dean Malenko retained against Mark Starr. Scott Norton defeated Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Eddie Guerrero pinned Disco Inferno. Michael Wall Street defeated Bobby Eaton. 
WCW Tag Team Champions, the Outsiders, killed Alan Storm in a handicap match. Oh, no, The Alan. Outsiders versus One Jobber. <laughs> Yikes. And Lex Luger rolled over Jim Powers. That just sounds like an awful episode of Saturday Night, by I the way. I was going to say, we have not seen Disco Inferno on Monday Nitro for some it's time. It's been a little bit. Anyway, well, that brings us uh, out of the past. That's everything in, in 1996 and into the present. Uh, we sometimes talk about what excites us this week. I, we've had trouble lately because right now I feel like you and I are both at lulls yeah. for current day wrestling. But you, but right before we recorded, you were going through your top five wrestlers of the decade. Uh, uh, maybe we could sub that in yeah. for this segment. And this is of the 2010s. Of the 2010s, yes. I mean, ninety of the 90s? Like, WWF would be Bret Hart yeah. for the 90s. And I w- like how you were like, this is for the 2010s, and then you got so excited about doing it for the 90s that yeah. you're just doing that anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> and WCW would be Ric Flair. I mean, I think yeah. those are pretty yeah. obvious. But uh, for the 2010s, I would say uh, uh, Okada is number one. Okay. Um, because he went he went from not even being a, a main eventer. He, all of his IWGP championships, all of his big... F- matches everything he's done in his career that's made him one of the all-time greats pretty much was done this decade so i would say he's number one other people that would be in the top five for me are uh daniel bryan yep um brock lesnar uh aj styles and there was a fifth person i had on there i just i for the life of me i cannot think of who that is i think you could there's a few guys you can make good arguments for um cena had a lot that he still did this decade uh, Roman Reigns, kayfabe wise, has done a lot this decade. Sure. Um, Cody Rhodes, maybe not always the strongest in ring competitor, but for the changes that he's done to the business as a whole, mm-hmm. um, is somebody you could argue for. I mean, like then you could put like women's wrestlers like Sasha Banks or uh, Charlotte Flair. Yep. I kind of put those as the top two for like the legitimate evolution of. WWE women's wrestling. Those two, I think it's hard to deny Becky because she got such mainstream appeal for like when she mm-hmm. got hot, she was just all over the place for yeah. a brief period. I was also thinking like Kevin Owens, like probably had like the biggest ascension as far as like just being a complete indie wrestler for the first few years. I gotta, I would think I would go Seth Rollins over him because sure. he's a guy who when he got signed. And I'd never seen his ROH stuff because I was not big into ROH at that time. I'm n- I mean, I've never been big into ROH, but I'm much more aware of it now. Yeah. Um, but I remember people being like, Tyler Black, like, boy, they are just signing anybody now. Oh, and sure. people just being like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he, I remember people being like, he's a knockoff of Eddie Edwards. This was a knockoff of uh, Davey Richards. And just like, oh, sure. n- nothing's ever going to happen with him. Yeah. And he has become arguably, whether people always enjoy it or not like he's the face of the company in a lot of ways mm-hmm. he's been their biggest push star um for like a, a big part of the decade yeah so even though i don't know that he's ever been my cup of tea he would i think he'd have to be in my top five i think it'd be hard hard to deny seth rollins a spot in there yeah i to me the big debate just personally in wwe would be if it was daniel bryan or brock lesnar yeah, had a bigger decade. I mean, Brock Lesnar was like a five-time champion. Yeah, he ended the Undertaker's streak. He was like in pretty much every big title match this whole decade. Yeah, uh, I mean that's not taking anything away from like Daniel Bryan having like the most overachieving career yeah. that you could possibly think of. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's tough because Brian had to spend so much of the decade sitting it out. That was uh, that was the other thing. Like, I mean, fair or not, he spent like three years not even wrestling. Right. Yeah, and and unfortunately, I think the return has not been booked in certainly the way I would have done it. But I don't know if they're just too afraid that he's fragile and they can't rely on him for big mm-hmm. stuff. But he, you know, he had the good match with Kofi at WrestleMania. He's he's had a lot of good good spots in there. Yeah. Um. It just maybe you know. I, I'm frustrated that we're probably winding down on the last year or two of his career, and here he's up against the fiend. Who I am, I'm very much over the fiend at this point. They, I, t- I felt like they just constantly shot themselves in the foot with that because yeah. they were just, it's like, there's elements of that character that they should have just progressed to that taking more of their time with. Yeah, but it seems like that every, it's like um, that. <laughs> That part in Arrested Development when um, when Job has all like all those great ideas from his brother, yeah, and he uses them all in the one meeting right away, right? Yeah, and he's like, "No, you're supposed to use those gradually over like months." <laughs> Instead, he says them over like an hour. That's how I feel like that they did with Bray Wyatt. It, yeah, the problem was he shouldn't have been in the title picture, but if he was, he should have won. Mm-hmm. So they put him in the title picture, and then he lost, and it was like, "Well, that's not the right decision." And they're like, "Oh, okay, well we'll have him win the title." And it's like, no, that's not really what we wanted. We were just saying that if he's in the title picture, he should win. Yeah. But he shouldn't be in the title picture at all. Right. There's a reason why The Undertaker was rarely involved with the championship for most of the beginning of his career. Right. Like, my thought was, because he debuted at SummerSlam and we're in December, four months later, yeah. I feel like he should have had, like, two matches at this point. Yeah. Like, he does a lot of, like, the, the vignettes and things like that and just has, like, marquee matchups. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what I feel like he should be doing for a while until he's, like, this established, like, kind of phenom of a character, and then he could go for the championship. Like you said, like, The Undertaker, because, I mean, aside from him having the, the championship, like, for six days, they never really had him run with the title until 97, which is, you know, seven years later. So um, I just peeked at Twitter, and this is what we're going to close off with this okay. week. All right. Somebody uh, at James Vanderbeek, J A I M S Vanderbeek, a good good follow, good good wrestling guy on Twitter. Okay. He uh, translated Billy Gunn's theme to Japanese, then to Arabic, and then back into English. Oh, all right. Uh, I'm the man's ass. Yes, I'm an ass man. I love to love them. I love being kicked. I love to stick with it. I love to show off. I would love to see them. <laughs> I love being picked. I'm going kicking them because I'm an ass man. Yes, I'm an ass man. I'm the man's ass. Lots of donkeys, little time. Only tight things can stop me suddenly. I'm a lover of all kinds. The best surprise is always from behind. <laughs> yes. Truer words have never been spoken. Well, I just happened to see that on Twitter. It seemed like something good to share, <laughs> share with you all. Uh, but we will be right back here with the Go Home episode of Starcade. Uh, and you guys shouldn't have to wait too long because we're literally going to stop recording this episode and we're going to start recording that one. So uh, it's going to be hot, loose, and ready for you soon. And right from behind, too. <laughs> The biggest, best surprise you could possibly have. Hot, loose, and from the behind. That's <laughs> when, that's the 20 years of Nitro. Guarantee. So we'll see you right here where the big boys play. 20 years of Nitro.